0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Let me now sing of my friend, my friend's song concerning his vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He spaded it, cleared it of stones, and planted the choicest vines. Within it, he built a watchtower and hewed out a wine press. Then he looked over the crop of grapes, but what yielded was wild grapes. Now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judea, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? Why then, when I looked for the crop of grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Now I will let you know what I mean to do with my vineyard. Take away its hedge, give it to grazing, break through its wall, let it be trampled, Yes, I will make it a ruin. It shall not be pruned or hoed, but overgrown with thorns and briars. I will command the clouds not to send rain upon it. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his cherished plant. He looked for judgment, but see bloodshed, for justice, but hark the outcry. The word of the Lord. Thanks and be speak to God. God. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. The vineyard of the Lord. The house house of Israel. Israel. A vine from Egypt you transplanted. You drove away the nations and planted it. It put forth its foliage to the sea. It shoots as far as the river. The vineyard of the Lord is the the house of Israel. Israel. Why have you broken down its walls? so that every passerby plucks its fruit. The boar from the forest lays its waste, and the beasts of the field feed upon it. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted. The Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life, and we will call upon your name. O Lord, God of hosts, restore us. If your face shine upon us, then we shall be saved. The vineyard of the Lord. Is the house of Israel. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on, keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be in with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. Hallelujah, Alleluia, Father, Son, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. I have chosen you from the world, says the Lord, to go and bear fruit that will remain.
1: Alleluia. Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, He sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, Let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord
1: Jesus Christ. A few years ago, a very good friend of mine, a co-worker for many years, It was dying of liver cancer. And uh, Gary, was his name, uh, used to joke a little bit about it, that it was ironic. You see, he was Baptist, and he always described himself as a good little Baptist boy who never had more than two beers his whole life. So he felt it ironic that he had come down with liver cancer. Interesting way of facing it. But we did talk a little bit about the pain he was in almost all the time. And I asked him if he had heard about the Catholic concept of uh, redemptive suffering, you know, where you take your pains and your sufferings and you offer them to Jesus Christ for the benefit of however he wants to use it. And of course, because he's Baptist, I have to give him a scriptural citation. I said, because this fits right in with what St. Paul writes when he says, we make up that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. And so we consciously, as a prayer, offer our prayer to him offer our suffering to him to use in whatever way he likes, for the conversion of sinners, remission of sins, whatever. Gary got a little misty and he said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard, to know that my suffering is not without some sort of purpose. And then he asked me, well, tell me some of the other things you Catholics believe. He says, do you guys believe in once saved, always saved? And I said, no, Gary, we don't. He was a little surprised by that. I said, Gary, Gary, You can't stand there and go, I claim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and then turn around and be a hitman for the mafia or run a brothel or live a debauched life. When you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to show by the way you live that you have had a total conversion of heart and of spirit, that you have to attempt to be faithful to the gospel even though we will often fail in that attempt. You see, Jesus calls us as people of faith to live out our mission of bringing people to Him, making disciples of all the world, as He put it. It's a lifelong mission, and He promises to help us with it as long as we remain faithful workers in His vineyard. Throughout Jesus' ministry, He liked using the imagery of vines. And vineyards. You know, I am the vine, you are the branches. So you have to be connected to Jesus. Um, you remember last week, in fact, we read a gospel about uh, the two sons working in the vineyard. One who said yes and then didn't, and one who said no and then did, showing that, you know, it's not always what people say but what they do that matters. We are expected to work in God's vineyard. Our mission to know love, and serve God begins with our mission to know, love, and serve each other, and thereby making disciples for him by our example. Now in today's readings, our church has chosen to offer us this passage from Isaiah that we read at first so that we will understand the mindset of the chief priests and the elders when Jesus began telling his parable. Jesus, in fact, almost word for word quotes from the book of Isaiah that we read. Isaiah, as a prophet, was issuing a warning to the people of Israel about what was going to happen to them because of their neglect of God's covenants. They weren't living up to it. They weren't helping the poor. They weren't helping the orphans. They weren't helping the widows. They were running off and worshiping other gods and neglecting temple worship. And so God was issuing them a warning that they were going to find out what it meant to be without God. The price of the failure for them to live up to their commitments under the covenant was going to be the loss of God's protection. The vineyard would be allowed to be overrun, and that's exactly what happened. The Babylonians came in, conquered the nation, took them away in exile for several generations before they were allowed to return. So this is what's in the the minds of the chief priests and the elders as Jesus starts his parable. Their ears perk up because they recognize what he's talking about, talking about them. And a matter of fact, in the uh, following verses of Matthew's gospel that we did not read, it explicitly says that they indeed did recognize themselves, and they were angry about it, and that's the point at which they began to plot to kill Jesus. So, why does Matthew include something like this in his gospel? Well, you have to understand that when Matthew was writing, most of the people in his audience that he was writing to were Jewish Christians, okay? In fact, the very first of the Christians were all Jewish. They considered themselves just simply a new way of living their Jewish faith. They called it that, the way. And it became very much a source of angst to the people in the community that their fellow Jews were not converting to this way in mass. You know, their friends, their relatives, people around them in the temple, were simply not following it. And so within a very short time, it became apparent that Christianity was attracting more Gentiles than Jews. And in the year 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed, which pretty much sealed its fate. And the church did indeed seem to be leased vineyard, a leased vineyard to new tenants. My friends, we are now the new tenants of that vineyard. This means we must persist in living our gospel call to service and discipleship. And it's not a Sunday-only thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not fussing at you for coming on Sunday. That's a good thing. We come to Mass to be immersed in the love and mercy of Jesus Christ and then to take it out with us into the world. And that's our call. That's our mission. What we learn here, what we profess in our faith, should pervade every aspect of our lives. Our families, our work, our community, our politics, should all reflect the Christian values that we hold dear to ourselves. It's part of how we win others to Christ. And St. Paul, in his letter today, tells us, simply persevere, keep doing what we have been taught in all circumstances. Unless you forget what circumstances he's referring to. Earlier in in his writing of the letter, he talks about how he was able to preach in sickness and in health in hunger and in having enough food and in poverty and having enough money. He literally meant in everything you do, let Christ shine through you. Because when we do, we will feel the peace of God working in us And through us, attracting the people that he has placed around us. Now, is this easy? Of course not. But Christ has promised us that he will be there to help us. He gave himself to us in the Eucharist to strengthen us for this mission. To strengthen us in our struggles. To comfort us in our failures. To show us what is possible when we give our all for him like he gave his all. For us. Claiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as we do, means conversion of heart and faithfulness to the mission. The mission he gave us of working in his vineyard to make disciples of all the world. God love you.